you know the football. It is what it is. It is what it is. Zaire Emery goes for goal and finishes off the PSG victory. Le but de Nuno Mendes. Le Mendes. Hello and welcome to PSG Review, also known as the show coming back from a small break, just like our men in red and blue. Many of them have already started the preseason, and as I'm recording this on a weekend, on a Sunday, this coming Monday, that is tomorrow for me, we should have more or less everybody back at the brand new training center. It's not just that the preseason is on. Also, all of the done deals thus far are now officially announced, and we are gonna get into those in a short moment, and it feels good to be back. As good as it felt to wake up to see the tweet by PSV Eindhoven's official account that simply said Savi Simons has departed from the PSV training camp in Austria to complete the transfer to Paris Saint-Germain. How about that? How brilliant is that? This is a player who, in my humble estimation, will be a world-class player and who already is a really wonderful football player. And his season, both in the Eredivisie in uh, the Netherlands, as well as for the Dutch national team, has been solid. And uh, as we know, he likes PSG. He likes Paris. He speaks language on a decent level and he knows what he's getting into. This is really great upliftment for the project. The reports currently suggest that if Neymar or Mbappe leave this summer, he's part of the squad. But if both of them stay, Savi will head for a loan deal for one season. So that's the last remaining question mark about this situation. So whether we want it or not, of course, we also have to talk about the Mbappe saga, the obligatory update, Mbappe date, if you will. Uh, not that there is much new that has come up since the last time, but I have been considering a few alternative options and possible explanation to this whole mess that we were very much promised not to have to deal with this year. But uh, here we are now, and the man himself will be back at the training center tomorrow, as I record, that's Monday. So this will also change matters, possibly because sometimes things just become clearer when in close physical proximity and you have to face up the people you are dealing with. So all that and more to come in this episode. My name is Miko. I've been very busy this week with football, but uh, this time it wasn't the PSG football since my son was having a big tournament and I'm one of the coaches there. Uh, it was great, a really wonderful week and uh, I have been catching up with all the news as they've come in the mix of it all. Thank you so much for being with me right now. I hope you're well in good form and as excited as I am about what's to come. You can find and follow me online on Twitter and Instagram at PSG Helsinki. I'm not on the threads. I guess no one in the European Union is. I don't think it is available for us here. I'm not awfully sad about that, I have to say, because while Twitter is going downhill, I doubt that our social media is going to be saved by another billionaire ego. So whether it later will be available or not for us here, I will have seen by then whether it's worth the trouble, I guess. You can, of course, also email me directly, psghelsinki at gmail.com if you want to say a little bit more. Uh, remember to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, give stars on Spotify if that's where you're listening to. And I'm trying out this poll thing on Spotify anyway. So if you are listening there, the question for this episode is, are you happy about our transfer window so far? So you can go and click your answer to that over there in Spotify. But time to get into it all. We start off with the transfers. 
after a, a longish wait to get the official announcements for our new recruits, they all came pretty much at one go. Quite quick succession. Indeed, after the coach Luis Enrique, who seems to be happy to be in the new training center, we got Milan Skrinja, Marco Asensio, then Manuel Ugarte, Lee Kang in, Lucas Hernandez, and finally... Shendur, so basically two starting centre-backs, although of course Hernandez can also play on the left side of defence. Finally, finally a proper six, a defensive midfielder, which we have been really lacking since Diakomotta. I mean, Idrissa Ganagé was a kind of a six, but he also was used in other ways. And I would say good depth for the attack and midfield there. Kind of all depends who else is still coming and even more so, of course, who is going out. But I expect... Verratti, despite some rumors, that he would stay. I think Vitinha, Ruiz, also they will be there when the window closes. Warren Share Emery, definitely I hope he will be there. Danilo has become more of a defender, of course. Is he a defender? Is he a midfielder? And and of course he's been also one of those sixes, but um, but it's been it's been a little bit more complicated with him because he's been used perhaps more in defense, so he hasn't really been that sixth then. So we will see what his role will be and how these new recruitments impact his role. Of course, I'm not sure about Renato Sanchez or Carlos Soler, but my point is that uh, we don't quite know yet how these players will line up on the pitch and what is going to be the hierarchy of the midfield, what is going to be the system, the formation. Like mentioned already, Savi Simons will be back. That seems now inescapable. And what position will he take or will he go on loan? Everyone's very excited about Lee Kang in also, so we will see how much playing time he will get. And I guess that will also depend on the availability of Ferrati. But if we are quite honest about it, we tend to get quite a few injuries and suspensions and all the other reasons for absences. So depth is not a bad thing, certainly not after last uh, season as we experienced it. So hopefully Enrique will be able to figure out the all-important midfield. May the competition between players be healthy and everyone get their fair chance in rotation. But it's a bit of a question mark for now, as the whole squad is, to be honest with you. Of course, it's it's not ready yet. We don't have all the pieces of the puzzle and some pieces might still be off the table before the 1st of September when the Mercato is done and dusted. I have talked about these players in previous episodes already, so I don't really want to repeat quite all of it. But I am genuinely excited about these midfield additions, especially. I'm very hopeful that we could finally get our backline in order and Asensio. Well, I think he's the biggest question mark. I think it could go either way. Anything from him being the next Hesse or him being the new Di Maria, who also, of course, came back then after a difficult time in the north of England. So closer he gets to the latter option, the happier we will be. Of course, we are hoping that he can have a, a new rejuvenation in Paris. And on top of this, we have the definite maybes, as certain as they are uncertain transfer rumors. Who knows what's going to happen with them? They are all very much up in the air, but they are being talked about. Bernardo Silva is still very much considered an option, an important option, even a priority for PSG and City, seemingly doesn't want to let him go. So the price tag will probably be very high if this deal gets to be done, but it is also talked about as a priority, like said. We will see how that goes. And then there's Harry Kane, who was definitely going to Bayern. And then there was talk of PSG trying to make a comeback in the negotiation and get him after all. Uh, now, as far as the number nine goes, the proper striker that we so desperately need, one name that is very much mentioned and talked about currently is Serbian, Dusan Vlaovic. Uh, he's being talked about coming from Juventus. Uh, 
Look, I, I don't know if he's the answer. In all fairness, I don't think so. But my opinion, really rather unsurprising, isn't being considered. So we will see. Uh, Vlaovic would be a pricey recruitment. Reportedly, 80 million euros for transfer fee and a high salary, of course. And he's coming, you know, from an underwhelming season uh, behind him with admittedly also underwhelming Juventus, the whole team. But injuries are also concerns. So for me, like I said, this would be a hard no for me. Also because the transfer fee and his high salary would mean uh, that for a position like a striker, that we don't really have a lot of competition, we don't really have a lot of alternatives. The player who comes to play that role needs to deliver in it. So we don't really have the uh, luxury of getting somebody who may or may not work. Of course, you can never know with anybody. There are no guarantees in football, but this is very much kind of situation like uh, Mauro Icardi, you pay big bucks for the uh, transfer, you have a high salary, the player, if they don't deliver, it becomes almost impossible to sell them for however long you have signed them for. And you kind of like get back into this cycle where we are still in, we are still in, we're still trying to sell our players. Some of these players now, Icardi might be going and some of the others, but this is a kind of thing that we have struggled with for quite a few years now. There's also mentioned about Gonzalo Ramos from Benfica. We, of course, tried to get him last year already also, but he has since had a good season uh, in, in Portuguese league and a World Cup hat-trick. So last year's prize isn't this year's prize. But clearly, I think that on a level of an idea, certainly he represents building a project. As, as far as I'm looking at it, I'd be happiest with him. But next few days, weeks, or at the very most, one and a half months, we will see what our striker destiny for this summer will be. Let's talk about the other transfer column, the sales department. We have not been very successful in it in the recent times, and it has felt while the sales with our salary structure and contracts in general haven't been easy, of course, they also haven't been treated as a priority. That's my feeling, and that isn't to say that there hasn't been any effort because I'm sure there's been people who have worked very hard with them, but at the same time, well, we all know that the results have been underwhelming to say the least, but now it seems that Icardi has found a new home in Turkey, or Turkey, as we should call it these days, so that's something that is is very good thing to happen for him, I think, as much as it is, of course, for the club on our side. Leandro Paredes seemed to have enough leads, so what's left? hopefully, is for him to pick the most suitable one for him and then then go and, and leave uh, PSG alone. Uh, Traxler and Kursava question marks and perhaps there will be some loan deal. I don't know as we try to get to the end of their respective contracts. I imagine Colin Dagba and Timothée Bembele could find new clubs even if the money probably won't be massive and at the moment it seems that El Chadai Pichiabu is heading to Leipzig like so many other young French players before him and there would be a reasonable fee for him which is reported to be around 20 million uh, with the bonuses included. We, we can live to regret this or not. It's a gamble. It's uncertain. But of course, there might also be some sort of a sell-on clause there where we could get a percentage from the future sales, as we did with Christopher Nkunku this summer as he was going to Chelsea from Leipzig. I don't have those details, of course, available to me right now. But just to say, this has been something that the club has been negotiating with these types of sales. Reportedly, Bitsiapu has already said his goodbyes at the training center. So that deal seems to be good to go. 
And then there's the big one, the, the biggest fish in our potential departure pond. And that's, of course, Kylian Pape. Will he stay? Will he go? Let's talk about it. Perhaps the problem with Pape is that he should have really been sold two years ago when he still had one year left of his contract. I don't think that the offer that Real Madrid made reportedly in the last days of the transfer window, it was reportedly 200 million euros, was a genuine because there would have been no time for PSG to replace him, to replace Mbappe. But then again, at the time, Messi was coming. So since we have gone through two incredibly mediocre seasons back to back, there would have not been any amazing football that we would have missed. And marketing-wise, we had big names to compensate for Mbappe best departure at the time should it have happened back then. Of course, we didn't know any of this at the time. It's easy to look at these things with our retrospectaculars on, but life must be lived in real time, so there's no help from the hindsight analysis. Perhaps the second mistake was that he didn't leave for free one year ago when he could have, before he signed his extension. Uh, That wouldn't have necessarily been very good for us, but that was his time to make his move if he was planning on doing it. Perhaps at the time he was undecided. He must have been, but he made no new friends in the Spanish capital by that U-turn at the time. I don't obviously know what promises had been made to him by Nasser Al-Khalifi at the time, but considering the salaries of Messi and Neymar, and now at the time his increased package with all of its bonuses and all of that, with a team half full of players who were not in a future plans of the club, who were difficult, always going to be difficult to sell. I don't know what he was expecting from rebuilding this project in one year that he now seems to have given it. Now we are in this rather unpleasant situation of public laundry day and what good can come out of it? Genuinely, this isn't going to help anyone. But we know that sometimes things are said. Neymar wanted to leave a couple of years ago and it was cold for a while, but he won the hearts of the supporters back by delivering on the pitch. There's a way back from Pape if he wants to, but if he continues giving these interviews and leaking informations and letters and things like that, it will be hard for him to settle back if that is an option that he entertains on any level. It might be even hard for him to step to the Parc de France because the public might not be happy with his indecision and back and forth. And like said, if he goes to Madrid, anything short of amazing there and people will also already have a reason to not like him because he did say no to them. And if there's something I have observed in this world football. Real Madrid supporters aren't very good at taking no for an answer, as is not our leadership either. I have talked about this many times. I don't really agree with the way that our club is run many of the times. There's far too much ego involved and marketing comes soon after that. Football many times feels like an afterthought. I don't blame Pape for this whole mess. It's a mess that the club has created, but it is also the first time I think Kylian has gone this far with his misstep. He will have a difficult time winning back the crowd if he stays, even for one season. And what makes this quite different to some of the others who have left in bad odor, like for instance Lionel Messi, is that this actually is Kylian Pape's hometown, of course, and the capital city of his home country. And he talks about these things quite constantly and uh, he's supposed to play in the Olympic Games one year from now and those games are of course going to be in Paris. Of course, 
he will have his support. He's a great talent, but uh, for his own image, this has done some harm in my estimation. The brand is a bit tarnished now, and of course, he can straighten things out with world-class football, but you can't entirely undo this thing either. So, what gives? What gives? Why is this so incredibly difficult? Allow me to speculate, and mind you, this is pure speculation and not, you know, I'm not reporting this as any kind of facts, but I have my little hypothesis and we will see perhaps one day to what extent it makes sense or, or not even makes sense because it does make sense. But is this the way it's going? Is it accurate? We can only confirm that later. But I do have this strong feeling that Mbappe could have an agreement in place with Florentino Perez of Real Madrid as has been suggested in the media and reportedly that is also the belief of our club and it could be that Mbappe's strength and weakness is his sort of one-track-mindedness or stubbornness or whatever it is, if indeed he's still so desperately looking to play for Real, which I must admit is a little bit beyond me, but it's not really my business as such. If only Real Madrid will do for Mbappe, then Perez has a lot of the power, pretty much all of it. And I don't expect him to use that in any other, but in a very self-serving way, as all these guys would do. But definitely him too. He's, he's quite ruthless character if you have. Netflix access. There's an interesting documentary about Luis Fico leaving Barcelona to go to Real Madrid and how that directly entangled with the rise of Paris. I do recommend that as a window to how Real works. So Paris knows that if he can make the rules, he will make the rules. See, if Mbappe was open to more options, not just in theory, but if he was open to a handful of clubs, let's say, that could compete for his signature or perhaps realistically afford his salary and transfer fee, all these different things, this could be a whole different debate because then there would be a competition for his signature. But if Perez is the only participant, he can do more or less what he wishes and give his terms and conditions to Mbappe, who already, mind you, turned them down once in a very recent history. So compassion to anyone is not what Perez is after especially since he is the main engine behind the European Super League project. I'm sure he would love to have Mbappe as its poster boy. And Nasser Al-Khalifi, our club president, is one of the main opponents of, of that um, particular project among the big club presidents. So if Mbappe has given this power to Paris, then Paris has that power. And if Paris says we sign you for free next summer and don't sign any extension, which would lead to an unavoidable transfer fee for Real, or otherwise you won't play for the team of your childhood dreams, then Mbappe will have to oblige because in this scenario, he's given all of his power away and he will get his PSG salary, which is huge. He will get his loyalty bonuses, which are also huge. He might even get a good signing bonus from Real next year. But what he will do in a process, like said, is to alienate PSG supporters, the people of his hometown. And that's a price that he might have to pay for all of this. And then, like said, even the people of Madrid, even the supporters of Real Madrid, they might also be quite ready to turn against him unless he gives them exactly what they want and what they need, which he probably can do. Probably he could do that, and, and it would be very likely that he would do that. But nevertheless, there is a pressure there. 
So if indeed Mbappe will stay in Paris for one season and not to extend, to run out his contract, then it is up to PSG to decide what they will do with this mess because we can't force sell him. This isn't American sports and we can't really bench him for a full year. So there's a chance that he will have a little bit of an unpleasant season ahead of him, which will damage his legacy, at least in Paris and among us PSG supporters. But if he's willing to do that, then that's a choice that he makes. I'm not saying that this is necessarily the case, but as I have been thinking about it, and trust me, I have been thinking about this quite a lot, this is a version of events that would explain this because his behavior is uncharacteristic at this point. This isn't how we have grown to know him, and that's not to say that he hasn't driven a hard bargain before, but there's a little bit of extra on top of the old antics right here. Of course, now there are also news that Real is having some financial fair play irregularities and issues, so this can also impact the case. We will see how it goes. But there is still a lot left of the window, and next week's will be quite decisive, at least potentially. But reputation-wise, I think uh, he's very much gambling here, because like said, his situation isn't like Neymar's was a few years ago. It's not comparable to anyone really because he's so much of a generational talent and this is his hometown. It's one thing to upset the people of some random city somewhere, maybe in a different continent than where you're actually from, but you will always be connected to your home. That is relatively inescapable. What will be interesting to see is how things start unfolding as he returns to the preseason because that's when he needs to start facing the very people he's doing this to. And traditionally, that's always a lot harder than to send letters or speak through media. So a lot can still happen and uh, things can turn around also. And unless he's already somehow legally committed to another club, which if I have understood the regulations correctly, is not really allowed before next January anyways, and say he would stay an extent, I think he could be forgiven by most of the supporters in time. I mean, many of us are tired of this whole saga, which has lasted for years now, but if he leaves with a proper transfer fee, I imagine people will understand. Perhaps he isn't the Parisian Francesco Totti, we dreamt that he could be. Uh, Totti, of course, dedicated his whole senior career, which was 24 years to AS Roma, despite all the offers that he was receiving from all the other top clubs. But Mbappe leaving us isn't the main issue here. Not anymore. Certainly not to me, it isn't. But leaving for a free is the issue, and he knows it. Of course he does. And on top of Mbappe, what will be the case with Neymar? Will he be going to Chelsea or somewhere else? Like said, the immediate future of Xavi Simons is tied into the destinies of these two players. And I would like to have Simons in our colors this season. So whatever happens, let it happen soon enough. It is said, by the way, that if Savi Simons goes on a loan, that means that if Neymar and Mbappe both stay and then he would go on a loan, it could be with Abi Leipzig. I'm hoping it won't come to that, but uh, that's not in my hands. The main thing, of course, is that he is signing with us, so let's get that over the line smoothly. That is all for this episode. This coming week, the rest of the players will arrive back. Uh, from their holidays, we will have our first friendly match against Le Havre on Friday and then the team travels to Asia, to Japan to do the summer tour and play three friendly matches that side. Thank you so much for listening and I will catch you up next time. Remember the rate and review and if you are listening to this from Spotify, you can answer the poll question which is are you happy about our transfer window so far? 
it's not done yet, of course, but so far, how's it going? My name is Nico, I will talk to you soon again, but until that, let's enjoy the preseason and remember to relax a bit in the midst of all these media storms, rumors, reports, and even scandals. It's all good. Take care, until next time, peace. <laughs>